The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to, to the, the Legendarium. I was so excited for that Armando Sante version. I was so excited. And it just wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> of course it wasn't. It was a it was a 90s made-for-TV miniseries. The same uh, era as the Sam Neill Merlin and the I, Sinbad playing Sinbad. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this this was the era we're talking about. Welcome everybody to the Legendary and welcome to another edition of our author shelf series in which we ask a best-selling author to pull a favorite book from their shelf for us to discuss. It's a chance for us to read some excellent books, and it's also a chance for us to get to know our favorite authors in a fun and slightly different way. Today, we're discussing the Odyssey. Yes, that Odyssey. I'm your host, Craig Hanks, and over there, every time I think I'm out, his sweet, sweet siren song pulls me back in. It's Ryan Bruckman. And I'm just waiting for the chance to blind you in your one eye. Uh, and when we booked him, I thought we were getting a Calypso, and now that he's here, he's clearly more of a Scylla. It's Brent Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I the, this is my favorite part, by the way. Getting monstrous things to you. Getting <laughs> wow. <laughs> getting a guest to thank me after insulting them is a lot of fun. Uh, so, Brent, very very happy you're here. Before we get to the Odyssey, uh, first of all, how are you feeling, Brent? Five out of five published. They are in the can. They are shipped out. People are reading them as we publish. Uh, right, right. Um, it's it's been. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It, it's kind of been a monkey on my back. This uh, I, I've been working on on these Lightbringer books for um, for ten plus years now, and it it kind of felt like this was never gonna happen. So 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 the fact I reached the end and 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 at this point I I haven't just I didn't just finish. Um, I, I feel good about how I finished. I feel I feel great. Like I can be proud of what I've done and that I, I gave it 100 percent of what I had um, feels really good. So so it's 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 been a long it's been a long trek. I won't say long odyssey. I just did. Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I had to go there. Sorry. Um, but it's it, it, it's been a long time. The fans have been really patient with me when I when I had to when I had to tell people that the last book was going to be delayed another year. I was terrified because I know that fans can can get cranky with the weights in Epic Fantasy, um, and and they were really awesome. So so I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited to to share this with fans and and ha see how people see how people love it because of course they're gonna love it, right? Oh, absolutely. So <laughs> they're obviously they're excited. We're excited as we are recording this. Uh, it hasn't yet been released, but by the time this episode is published, it came out on October twenty second. Is that right? That's right. That's so right. So the Burning White is uh, book five in what may be your magnum opus, unless you do something even better here going forward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, 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 I, I I hope I don't write anything longer. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I think we all do. At, you know, at a certain level. So, uh, I so I, I encourage people to go check it out. If you have not listened to our series on the Lightbringer, if you have not picked up those books, please do so. Uh, it's a new Legendarium favorite. Uh, I think it's fair to say we yeah. love them. I'm halfway through the series now, uh, and I'm I'm furiously reading through the last couple books uh, to get ready for that release. So, did, did, did they get you guys an early copy? Yes. No, no. Uh, they got what? us. A, they got us an <laughs> e-galley, but oh, the electronic well. one. And that okay, counts. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's something. And you're like, I'm not even there yet. I don't know what to do with this e, e galley, and and it's just sitting there. And meanwhile, certain fans are like, Oh, oh, I, I've oh. already gone through it. It's oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it it has been read. So, <laughs> and now I get the joy of sitting here in silence and not being able to say anything about it. Right. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I I I, I was just hoping to sort of taunt fans, although. Like by the time this publishes, like you said, it'll it'll be out, so it's kind of too late to taunt fans. Uh, I I don't mind a little time travel. I'm not Ken. That's fine. <laughs> uh, all right. So should we talk about the Odyssey? Let's let, let, let's do. And 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 thanks for letting me pick this. It it felt like a little pretentious. No. Oh. 
Okay. I, it's I, well. The, here's the thing: is and longtime listeners know this about me. I love a little pretension. I think there's nothing lo- wrong with a little pretension. Uh, maybe it goes a long way, but I think it's a good thing. You have a little bit with your breakfast each morning. I know. I know. <laughs> and uh, tell me a little bit about before we get into the story itself. We'll talk more about the story, but why you picked it? What's your history with the Odyssey? Why is it that when I talked to you months ago and I said what book might you pick? Instantly, you said, "Yeah, probably the Odyssey." Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I first encountered the Odyssey uh, as a junior in high school, and had a, uh, a an amazing, just just wonderful uh, English teacher named uh, J.L. Prezo, and she thought that uh, this, you know, ancient Greek literature, this this piece from a culture far away and a time long ago that had had something to say to teenagers. And and she uh, she really championed it. Uh, we read it. I was like immediately struck by how great it was. I mean, it's 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 great storytelling. It's fun. It's got it's got themes uh, that are clearly deep and meaningful to people for thousands of years now. And um, so so we read it. We mostly I mean, we read like an abridged version. It's like, OK, let's let's skip the prologue stuff and let's go to book nine and let's just get right into the adventure. Um <clears throat> But 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 that was fine. It was it was like it was a taste. It was enough. And then I I read it in college again. Um, I think in the in the Fagel's trans translation. Um, and then uh, so this gave me a chance to be like, you know what? I and I, I reread it actually last year um, while I was writing uh, the Burning White. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I I I wanna I wanna have a chance to do a different translation of it this time. So I I, I jumped in. I tried to. Uh, I tried to do the Emily Wilson translation, which is a new translation uh, that's getting raves. Uh, Claire Danes, um, Claire Danes does the narration for it, and I didn't like the sample. <laughs> so <laughs> I love Claire Danes. I love the Odyssey. I thought they'd be great together, but it 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 wasn't working for me for some reason. So I found something else, and I and I uh, I listened to uh, the W. HD something Rouse, I think, uh, uh, translation with, uh, with Anthony healed doing the voices who was astonishingly good. He was so good. Um, and the translation wasn't, wasn't quite as good, but, um, <clears throat> but, but, but it had some really good positives. So, so, so I, I guess that's my history. My, uh, my roommate in college was, uh, you know, is now, uh, is a classics major and, 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 and we talk about this sort of stuff. So, so it's, it's just, it's really fun stuff to interact with again and again you know and, what? and see how I feel about it over time. How come my old friend sitting next to me here can't be something valuable like a classics professor or? Well, that's because my introduction to something like the Odyssey came from the PBS series Wishbone, where the dog played Odysseus. <laughs> Wait, what, 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 what even is Wishbone? I'm, I'm, I'm not part of that fandom. Wait, are you? You're serious though? Wishbone? I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, it's a I'm little serious. dog. It's a. It was a PBS series with a little dog, and the dog would get dressed up. This live action, but it would get dressed up in costumes and go act through classics out, and literature, and, and the dog would play the hero or something. Yeah, and he was Odysseus, and this dog shoots the arrow through twelve axes. It is the most <laughs> amazing story. I it, it brought me a great love of the uh, of the Odyssey. <laughs> I think I might have shown up on the wrong podcast. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the story. Let's get into the Odyssey itself. I've got a little uh, synopsis here, please. A synopsis for the Odyssey. Here we go. Everybody, stop rolling your eyes. The Odyssey is, of course, the second of two epic poems by the ancient Greek storyteller Homer. It follows Odysseus after the fall of Troy as he tries to get back home to his beloved wife and homeland. Things don't go as planned. It takes a long time. Many adventures are had. It's the Odyssey. You probably know most of this already. If you've never read it, though, you should, especially if you enjoy this little thing we talk about on the podcast sometimes called epic fantasy, because that's exactly what this is. We have cliffhangers and flashbacks and POV shifts. We have a mythology that you could just as easily call world building. We have a charismatic lead, an impetuous son, monsters and goddesses and journeys and all the trappings of what we modern fantasy readers would expect just without the same vocabulary. All you need is a little shift in your perspective and a decent translation, and you're off to the races. I had a great time reading this one, Brent, and you had suggested the Fagels translation. This is Robert Fagels. Uh, he did both the Iliad and the Odyssey, and I discovered I 
I went back and looked. I actually read his translation of the Iliad in college, but I had read somebody else's translation of the Odyssey. Um, and no surprise, I really enjoyed the Iliad and wasn't so hot on the Odyssey at the time. And when I picked this one up, I read the first few paragraphs and I went, oh, oh my word, this is readable. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really something. And this one is, if you go on Audible and get an Audible edition, it's the Fagel's translation uh, read by Ian McKellen, which is pretty great. Uh, oh my gosh, I missed I missed that the Audible one had, had Ian McKellen. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure the other one's good too. But Ian McKellen, yeah, I, I'll have Gandalf read me the Odyssey. I'm right. fine with that. <laughs> So. Really bringing the epic fantasy thing home there. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, anyway, so Fagel's translation was good. I thought, Ryan, what was your experience diving into the Odyssey this time around? Uh, basically, aside from, you know, my the dog version that I was aware of. This, um, the, the, the Odyssey. I want to hear about the Odyssey. Yes, I... <laughs> I actually I want to hear your thoughts on the 1997 Armand Asante miniseries. Oh, I remember that actually. Do you remember? I do remember that. Um, Maybe we can talk about that. Later. Yeah. We what come... did you think of the Odyssey, Ryan? Uh, really, really enjoyed this. I obviously hadn't really come across other translations. I've I've read through um, parts of uh, of um, this of his story uh in other things but never the full piece mm -hmm. and so i've never really realized the variations in translations and, and how you could get such a different uh piece from a di you know one a, person's telling versus a different another feeling from it yeah. yeah so reading this one i was like oh yeah because i remember you messaging me and being like you should get the we were we were doing the fagel's translation and i've already started it and it's quite readable and i was like oh i would hope so like it's literature <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, until you read some of the other ones. Yeah, and so for me, like, it was it was nice to not have to be battling language to understand what I was going through. Yeah, to, to follow the story. Um, and honestly, I, the beginning was a, a totally brand new thing because I can remember the story like Odysseus's stories, like those. Hey, he's out on the sea. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember this. I remember the story of the Cyclops and the Sirens. I like I know all that, but the the story of uh, Prince Telemachus, his his son, like that totally had out my mind. I, I totally remember that. So it was a whole new story to me at the beginning. Um, until we get back to the to him coming back, basically. Right. And I was really excited. I, I remembered the Telemachus stuff because of the Armand Asante version, and I remember the bloodbath at the very, very end, and I'm like, I gotta get there. And, uh, you know, so I was excited to get to that stuff. I was so excited for that Armand Asante version. I was so excited. And it just wasn't that great. <laughs> Of course it wasn't. It was a it was a '90s made-for-TV miniseries. The same uh, era as the Sam Neill Merlin and the I, Sinbad playing Sinbad. Oh my god! Yeah, this this was the era we're talking about, but uh, it did have a few images that stuck with me for sure. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, well, shoot, now that's all I want to talk about now is Armand Asante, and this is not correct. He has that way. He has that way of of, of changing things. He just gets into okay. your, under your skin. All right, so Brett, I want to kick it to you and ask you about uh, how you feel about the relationship between the Odyssey and modern fantasy, epic fantasy, uh, as far as you know the way it's structured and the things that we see, the themes that come up, and, and the styles and all of that. I I I think it's one of those things that, um, like the connections are are incredibly deep. But some of them are hidden. Like, like I, I would guess that a bunch of of my uh, my contemporaries have not read it, or 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 have not read the whole thing, and yet um, <clears throat> go one generation back and everybody would have read it. Um, I, I I was re reading um, uh, Rogers Rogers Zelazny, um, okay. Chronicles in, in, in Am of Amber, um, and and I read like one of his and Chronicles of Amber is is definitely written more to a mass audience who's trying to sell a lot of books. And he, he absolutely did. But like, I, I, I was like, you know what? I, he, I found out he was much more respected in the science fiction and fantasy community for his, for his short fiction. And holy crap, talk about erudite stuff in there. And it's like, he, he was clearly deeply uh, versed in, um, in, in, in all the Western and all the Eastern classics as well. And, and, and so like, like guys like that, just one generation back, I think would have known this backward and forward. Um, these days, I'm not so sure that everybody knows it well. They're kind of like, oh yeah, the Odyssey. But, but, but I don't know how many people have read it three times or, or two, two times or even all the way once. 
Um, you know, I think they probably saw the Armando Sante version and they just gave it up. I go, okay, that's great. <laughs> there it is. But, 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 but I, I, I do think a lot of the things uh, survive from this. Like there, there's a, um, and, and we've ditched some of them, like, like the elevated language, right? Like that kind of was a big part of fantasy. Like, okay, you're talking about these great men and it was a lot men. <laughs> um, and like, so you have to have this like, very formalistic kind of language, which, um, which from Fagel's note, of course, I don't, I don't read ancient Greek, um, but you know, Fagel's talks about how the language is that wasn't common street Greek that people are speaking in in Homer's or, or, or even in Athenian times. Like people had to like look up uh, words, and they had to like like you have to have special word lists because your your normal vocabulary wouldn't include the stuff. That is in this epic. So, so, so elevated language was one of the big parts of times. Um, you know, vast journeys, uh, big cast of characters. All, all these things are definitely part of our uh, our common heritage, though, for sure. And uh, what you know, it reminds me a little bit of the Beatles, where you talk to rock stars now, and it's like not all of them are going to appreciate or even acknowledge. How much they you know they they get from the Beatles, uh, mm. but it's there. It's in the water. It's sure. it's everybody, right? Homer and the Beatles. Okay, <laughs> connected. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's let, maybe we just start with. I I don't want to do a whole recap of the whole story because, like you said, like we both said, everybody kind of most people know stuff. the mythology behind it. Like, they know the basics there. So let me just kick it to you, Ryan, and say, uh, now that you've read the whole thing, what's your favorite scene? Now what? that you, you know, you've heard of the Cyclops, you've heard of the the uh, sirens and all that. Now what's your favorite? Uh, it's, it, I'm going for the easy, the low-hanging fruit here. My favorite is still Odysseus's homecoming, coming in as the beggar, getting rid of the suitors and putting, uh, stringing the bow, shooting through the toilet. Like, that is still, to me, such a great finale. Um, I, I... It's, it's a great action sequence, but it's also nice to uh, give Odysseus something other than just coming in and, and being the hero. The, like, it wasn't him just coming and kicking in the door and saying, I'm home, everybody, and killing everybody. It was still, there was some, there was some guile to it. There was a little bit of cunning. You did that. not just use the word guile in front of Brent Weeks. I know you didn't do that. I apologize. <laughs> I, I appreciated that. <laughs> Um, I, if I had to pick one, I would probably go with Aeolus, the god of wind. So they, they get they, they get to his island, and he's like, yeah, sure, I'll help you out. Here's a bag full of wind. wind. Yeah. Right? And so he's a. by the way, don't open it up, or you're screwed. And uh, so they put it on the boat. They get within sight of Ithaca, and Odysseus is asleep, and his dumbass crew is like, oh, I know. Let's, Let's open, open it. it. And... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so they open it and it blows the ship back to Aeolus. And Odysseus is like, he's, you know, sheepishly, he's like, hey, can I have another one of those things? <laughs> and Aeolus is like, says, no, I'm, I'm good. You are clearly cursed. Please leave. <laughs> and so there's something, it's at the same time, it's a very heart, it's a heartbreaking scene. He's trying to get home. He's with inside of home and then he loses his goal. So you feel for him. And then, you know, in the same in the same sequence of events, it's also pretty funny mm -hmm. in a way. I mean, I, I was chuckling while I was reading it. And so anyway, all right, Brent, what's your favorite? <clears throat> well, I, I, I remember when I was in high school, I don't know why I remember this, but my, my, my favorite part was there's just this little snippet when, when he comes home and he's, he's a beggar and the, and, and the suitors are like, ah, oh, let's make the beggars fight, which, you know, <laughs> gee, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> No, sorry, that wasn't my favorite part. No, don't cut me there. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Legendarium. Yeah, we've been talking with Brent Weeks. <laughs> um, so, so Odysseus is sitting there, and he's got to fight this other beggar uh, whose whose name is Iris or whatever. Um, and and he he's like, huh? And he just has this moment where he thinks, should I kill him with one punch? And, and and when 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 I was when I was 17 years old, I just thought that was so badass. <laughs> you know, like like should I just kill this guy with a punch or should I go easy? I'll go easy on him. And he just breaks his jaw. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I thought that was amazing. Um, now I'm a little older than 17. Um, 
How and, much and I, older, Brent? Let's dig into that. No, I know, kidding. I know. I am, I am two times seventeen <laughs> and half a score. No, I'm not that much. Less than that. I, could, I couldn't come up with a great one off the top of my head. Um, I uh, the, the the thing I really liked was um, was at, after the homecoming uh, when Penelope tests him. When Penelope tests Odysseus, mm-hmm. I. I, I think um, Penelope is just a, a fascinating character and that she's um, she doesn't immediately like fall into his arms and go, oh, Odysseus, you're such a hunk. You know, it's it's like that th- you see that that this woman is strong and intelligent and she's a match for him. Like like you can believe that you've got this guy who's who's absolutely the epitome of cunning intelligence, you know, Matus. Um, and like this wife, this is the right woman for him, that she's his equal. And and so so so, so I, I, I love that she tricks him and he's been tricking everybody all along. And and she ticks him off. She, she he, uh, the story for those of you, it's been a while um, is is she makes him prove who he is by saying, oh, yeah, hey, nurses, w- 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 would you would you move our bed out into the hall? And he's like, what? Move our bed? You know, I carved that bed myself out of out of a living tree trunk. And I, and then he tells all the things he did and like, nobody could move my bed. If you know, that was our secret thing. And, and that was, that was definitely me, you know? And she's like, Oh, you are you, you know? <laughs> so, 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 so that she riles him up, uh, it's kind of awesome. Uh, so, so, so I, I, I love that part. I agree. Penelope I agree. is a great character. I, I like the idea. We don't get much of her in the beginning, uh, but we do see a little bit of her kind of, uh, stringing along the suitors in in a, mm-hmm. a very cunning way so yeah she's great speaking of the beginning beginning though i want to talk about the structure of this and how uh you know i i read at least pieces of this if not all of it a long time ago um and so it had been a long long time since i'd come to it and i was really surprised by the structure of this i i didn't do any pre-reading i just dove in and we get uh chapters there's they're books, but they're basically chapters. We get four chapters of, um, of uh, what do we want to call it? The the Telemachus POV, mm-hmm. right? Is what we'd call the it. Telemachy. Right? It's 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 yeah. It's literally called the Telemachy. It's 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 Telemachus stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it kind of bookends the the Odysseus <laughs> stuff, and uh, so he he is searching for his father, and he's trying to find out information, and so he finds out. You get the story of, was it the story of Calypso from somebody who's telling it to him? You know, oh yeah, your father got uh, captured by Calypso, and so it tells him the story of what happened with Odysseus. Uh, uh, yeah, Odysseus on the island uh, with Calypso, and then uh, he says, yeah, "Go here if you want some more information." So he goes and he gets more info, and then you get these flashback scenes, and you're—it's uh, a really kind of a an interesting and complex structure that i think actually works really well again if we get past the ancient language and the translation issues and all that stuff if you were to rewrite it and but lay it out in the same way i don't think people would have too much of a problem modern audiences with the way it's structured what do you think yeah i i i I mean i find it uh complex um but artful i i mean it's 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 um yeah, you, you you can understand what's going on. It's like, well, let's let's set out the real problem, and the real problem is of you know thematically of the book is that he's been gone a really long time, and and it's a problem that we should care about because things are terrible at home, and his son is not in charge, and his son's getting to the age where he's going to be in danger, you know, and 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 you get to see that, and his son is growing up without his dad, and seeing the fallout of the war and all that stuff, and. and and then a lot of the stuff we kind of get to skip, like, okay, he's on this island for seven years. Well, that's sad, but it's kind of boring. So let's, let's <laughs> just get that. He's there. Okay, it's time passes. You, you know, you, you you get to just go past that. And and so I I really like how how it goes. And and doing that um, thing of like a son searching for his father. Like, where did my dad go? Who, who was this guy? Do people like him? You know. <laughs> So. Yeah, and then we go back to Odysseus and go through all of his adventures, and that takes up the middle portion of the book. But then we go back to Telemachus at the end, and there's a great cliffhanger, by the way. I loved it at the end of book four uh, when Athena tells Telemachus, or yeah, I can't remember 
but anyway, the suitors are after him. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, as soon as he gets back to Ithaca, we're going to stab him in the back. We'll get rid of him. Then we'll marry his mom. She'll be thrilled, you know? Uh, and, mm-hmm. but then it cuts. It immediately cuts to Odysseus. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait. Now I'm interested. What's going on with Telemachus? <laughs> and then you go back, uh, you go through all the Odysseus stuff. And then what is it, book like 18 or something? You go back to Telemachus and his adventures with the suitors, um, kind of preparing for the arrival of Odysseus, story-wise anyway. Uh, Ryan, were you ever confused by the structure? Structure, no. Um, as long as I was paying attention to, uh, while well, I was listening through, as long as I was paying attention, I never really had an issue with the structure or, or figuring out where we were or anything like that. Um, I do think that it would, I agree that it would translate well. I think it would be a little weird um, for a modern audience to dedicate in with the way that we tend to consume media now so much time to your main character at the beginning and then all of a sudden oh that's not my main character for 16 chapters you know convert that into a tv series all of a sudden i oh okay and then we're going to come back to him you know that might be a little bit of a a translation thing for a modern audience to wrap their head around uh but as a whole i agree this this follows uh there's i I love the fact that it's we kind of continue and we get multiple short stories of odysseus adventures that are easy to follow through uh follow and finish um along this larger arc, uh, which is pretty standard. And that probably stems from, as I understand it, and I am no expert on this stuff, but this was uh, this was an oral tradition right. before it was written down, and so you couldn't tell the entire thing in one sitting, and it's more <laughs> like, you know, okay, when last we left the campfire... Same Odysseus channel, same Odysseus time. <laughs> right, right. right. Um, well, so, oh, sorry. sorry no, no, no. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's just, uh, it reminded me when you were talking about how it's it's kind of Adventure of the Week. It feels like Adventure of the Week. And that's exactly probably what it was at the time, right? right? Yeah, the, 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 this is one of the things that has made me, has made me believe just intuitively, because I'm not a scholar by any stretch of the imagination, um, that that Homer was one dude. And, 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 and that he was a guy who actually... Um, was a very talented bard himself, of course, who who wrestled this into one story because there is clearly an episodic nature to the content. And 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 as I was listening this time, it, it, it came out even more to me. Like when Odysseus tells these little lie stories, and he lies every time people ask him who he is. It's it's kind of fun. Like 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 you can see that there's little hooks that he's laying down. Um, that that a bard would be laying down of like, oh yeah, well that was the time I was off doing this thing, and he sort of he sort of mentions maybe a real story or he pretends he was a real character off somewhere else. And you're like, I could see the guys being like. Oh, hey, last night you mentioned that there was this cool story about this guy who went to Egypt. We want to hear that one tonight. And and, and, and so I, to me, it's like Homer had taken all of these stories, put them into one, but, but made them into a thing that I think took takes. I think they still do this every once in a while or yearly. They recite it in ancient Greek, some festival, but it takes 18 hours. So you definitely wouldn't be doing that one night. Probably, if if a guy's wandering around, he would give you a you know a one hour story. He'd give you one chapter, and and so you'd be like, oh, we want our favorite one. We want this one, which to me, um, th- th- there's certain things that kind of bother me when, when when I'm reading through it. It's like, oh, here's Penelope like crying again, or here, Odysseus is crying again, and and <laughs> like every chapter, and it's like, oh, because you might not have been listening to all the chapters altogether. You need to remember he's upset that he's not home yet. So, so, so that if if all you get this month is and you know you're hearing other stories on other nights that you understand. Oh yeah, Odysseus, the guy who wants to get home. Yeah, okay, it's his story. And and so some of those elements that before I thought were really redundant, uh, they make sense to me more if somebody's bringing together an episodic episodic content um, to 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 show you. Right. If you're only hearing one snippet, tell us about Odysseus and and the guy who gets his eye poked out. You know. <laughs> and speaking I of the eye stories, the yeah. <laughs> right, right. Speaking of uh, redundancy, that brings up something that I had to chuckle about a little bit because I was thinking a lot as I was reading through the story about how it relates to modern fantasy and and what we've taken from the Odyssey, and there's a common complaint. Among many of our listeners and other readers of, oh, let's just pluck something out of the blue, the Wheel of Time. There's a lot of braid tugging and skirt smoothing and, uh, you know, whatever other phrases, right? There are these little ticks 
that authors have. I'm sure you don't have any, Brent. There no no ticks for you, right? Um, hey, if you've gotten halfway through the series and you haven't noticed them yet, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, but this uh, this idea of ticks and when we talk about this oral tradition of the Odyssey and, you know, somebody's got to memorize all this stuff so that you can tell it night after night after night, um, they come up with these little shorthand phrases to help you remember what's, uh, you know, okay, I got to get into this story. Wait, wait, was it daytime or nighttime? Okay, uh, the sun peaked her red hands over the horizon. And that's like the beginning of every single chapter, right? And so that's the shorthand for, okay, it's daytime and I'm setting it up. And then the other one was uh, the wine red, the wine dark sea. You know, he's constantly sailing across. Or at least that's this translation. That's how Fagels uh, does it. Uh, the wine dark sea. And so, you know, there's these little things. If you ever feel like complaining that, you know, some author uses a uh, a little tick like that, just think, um, what? Well, how many words is Lightbringer Brent? Maybe uh, fifteen. Um, uh, close to a million and a half. Million and yeah. a half, yeah, a million and a half. You write a million and a half words without developing any little ticks like that. Yeah. Let's see, let's see how you do. You know. <laughs> well, I, 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 I mean, in defense of Homer and less in defense of myself and, and other <laughs> fellow writers, unfortunately, um, they, they were working with poetic lines and the, and the dactylic hexameter, which is not the easiest thing to. You, you, you've got to fit everything into this meter. And so if, you, if you're telling the story and you're, you're like, Dawn, you know, orange, what rhymes with orange? Okay, every time I have to mention something orange, I'm going to have a certain way I do it because that way works and every other way is a pain in my butt. Mm -hmm. so, so like you don't want to be thinking about that. You're just like, it's Dawn. How do I establish this? And, and, and how does the song go at this point if they're singing certain portions? And heck, if I know how that worked. Um, so so, so it, it gave them a little shorthand things of like, this line works. And the, like with Odysseus, I can make these stresses work. So, so you're going to have little things that just like, okay, that actual whole sentence works. I don't have to think about it a million times. Plus everybody, everybody's familiar with it because all the other poets are lazy in the same way. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so, so they have to contend with that. Um, us, we don't have to contend with that. We just have to contend with cranky editors, I guess. Well, there's deadly. that. Uh, <laughs> I should have been an editor. Oh, that would you've have missed been your calling. In oh life. man, <laughs> there you go. Oh, I could have been. I, I would have had an excuse for all this crankiness. Um, okay, <laughs> so let's go to some listener questions. I I asked for listener questions from our group on Discord. If you haven't joined our Discord community, you're welcome to do so. There's lots of uh, real time conversation going on there. Uh, I didn't anticipate a ton of questions. Like when I ask for questions, hey, what do you want us to talk about when we read Lightbringer? Uh, they come in pretty fast and furious. This one was a little lighter, but I did get a few. So here is one from Hurin Fan, and we'll open this up to the group. What parts of the Odyssey do you think are timeless and what doesn't age well from a storyteller's perspective? So we've probably touched on this a little bit, but maybe we can just address the question directly. Is there anything that, that still works and anything that doesn't quite? And I'll throw one out there first and give you guys a chance to think uh, for a moment. The Ryan, you already brought it up. The climax, the end of the book, when uh, Odysseus unveils himself and he shoots the bow through the, the arrow through the axes, and then massacres the crap out of everybody. There is, yeah, there's nothing subtle about that. But anyway, I, what works about that and what is familiar, I think, and has been carried through for time immemorial, is this. Uh, there, there are lots of different shapes of stories, but all of them have they're all building towards something, or at least they should be building towards something. And you get that, you're putting all these puzzle pieces together and who are your characters and what have they gone through and what's the point of it all. And so you've got the suitors and you've got Telemachus and you've got Penelope and you've got Odysseus and they've gone through all this stuff. And then you throw them all together for this explosive finale. And then you turn that in, you know, Brent turns something like that into his editor and he's like, you nailed it. Ah, great. Uh, I think the ending works perfectly. It's a recognizable piece that even nowadays, I mean, we all have Christmas dinner with family and things like that, right? Where you just want it to end in a, in a where, massacre. Where you just take an ax to somebody's <laughs> neck. You're like, I've had enough of you, Uncle Joe. Okay, maybe not that much, but so I, I have something that I've been thinking about a lot and I haven't come down yet on my exactly where I feel on this. So maybe you can enlighten me here as to whether or not it works. Um, 
commonly in this in this period, we have a lot of uh, uh, involvement by the gods themselves. Sure, Hermes, Athena. We have this. Um, nowadays, people tend to get a little hesitant when they read something, and, and a deity figure steps in and, and takes a hand in the story. The supernatural. Does that translate as well to a modern audience? It still works for the story. There's no problem with it in the story, but would that, if this was new today, would a modern mm. audience kind of come back on this and say, no, you've got way too many uh, deities coming in and, he's, and adjusting he's, things? He's not doing it for himself. He's, uh, you know, they're shepherding him through the story. And right. Of course a, he made it home. Because the gods, you know, maneuvered their pawn to where he right. needed to be. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's a great question. Would that work? I guess I'm, I had never thought about it because it's just part of the Odyssey and you never, you never, I mean, far be it from two people like us to critique the Odyssey, right? <laughs> so I've never thought about it. Uh, okay, Brent, you sorry, critique, Holmes, this you critique the Odyssey. What do you think? Like, like I said, sorry, Holmes, this doesn't work. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, I, I, I like chapter three, but pa chapter one through, through there. No, no, this isn't where your story starts. Um, yeah, uh, so, so I, I think you're totally right. The, uh, the, the, Dia ex machina or whatever it is that it's machina, right? Like like it literally ends and you know, Odysseus has killed all these guys. Well, they have family. And 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 the Oresteia ends almost exactly the same way, which is, you know, written in in classical era um Athens. It's like you kill you kill my people, I have to kill your people. And, and 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 what does that get you? It gets you people killing each other back and forth. So he kills all these suitors. They all have family. They all come after him. You have this one last scene where he gets to fight with his dad and his son. It's kind of and and but it's like they're not going to be able to kill everybody. And Athena has to show up, and she has to be like, okay, that's enough, guys, put it down. <laughs> and, and they're like, oh crap, it's Athena. We better not fight her. So so so, so like within the culture, it totally works. Today, it wouldn't work because we don't like that. Mm -hmm. we, we, we don't like things just working out for the hero because they do. It's like, well, that's not hardcore enough. He should die at the end. <laughs> yeah. This should be a grimdark story. I just um, have this visual right now of John Wick and his dog fighting everybody until right, a exactly. deity comes down and like, All right, <laughs> right, right. put the guns up. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. I never realized I want that to happen, but I want that to happen. Okay. Sorry. Go on. So, 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 so I think, I think um, you know, we don't really have invocations to muses anymore. Like, okay, what what was that? How'd that, what? Uh, that, that just leaves us completely adrift. And and like you said, like, there's a big chunk of the beginning with Telemachus, and you're like, okay, this is my guy. And I was like, well, well, no, were you not paying attention during the invocation? You, you know, that's not your guy. You just need to have all these chapters with Telemachus, but understand he's not your guy. He's not the main guy. So these days it's like, no, you got to get your main character on the page pretty quickly. And... And and so that wouldn't. It's not that it doesn't work. It's it's that modern audiences um, wouldn't appreciate it as much. So so so, so I, I I have kind of this um, uh, this way I approach works like the Odyssey. It's like this is like you don't go to France and ask for ketchup on your burgers or whatever or or I mean on 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 your can, can I have this can I have ketchup with this steak please. Uh, you you have a, a, an amount of humility, you know. Hopefully, uh, when when you even go and visit another country, right? And I wait. Did you go to France? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Did you ever ask for ketchup on your? Uh... No, no. I was uh, I was lectured long and hard before I went out to France that you don't do that sort of thing. <laughs> right, right. So, so 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 like when we when we approach something that's super old like this. Like assuming that they have the same cultural values that we do is like well they don't, and and so w when I'm trying to judge like like there's parts of the Odyssey that really bother me, like um like 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 when they when they they kill the women who've been who've been sleeping with the suitors mm -hmm. it's like well they're servant women slash slave women right like it's a little fuzzy what exactly they are they're somewhere in there. But either way, are those women really consenting? Do they have consent powers here? Why? And then Odysseus says, he's like, okay, well, these guys, they dishonored us. I don't know what that means. I don't know how 
what they're doing sexually actually was understood, how that how that culture understood that to reflect on Odysseus. Mm-hmm. Like he's gone. What do you care who they're sleeping with? Um, so, so, so I don't understand that. But then he says, um, he says, go and go and stab him, like kill him with the sword. Right. Okay. Well, that's bad. Right. Like, like go kill the murder these 12 women. And then Telemachus is like, no, nah, that's not bad enough. And so he strangles them, you know, he lifts <laughs> them up, he hangs them. And it's like, wow. So you're even more bloodthirsty than dad, which good job, dad, for being less bloodthirsty. But like, but like, <laughs> I don't I don't know how the audience that originally would have heard this would have felt about that. Would they would they have been like, yep, they got what was coming to them because you don't do that to a master of a house. Or would they have been like, ooh, man, Telemachus. Did Homer just go through a breakup or something? (laughs) And he seems a little (laughs) angry right now. Right, right. So, so, So did you guys run into any of those things that sort of like that kind of bothers me? Uh, Yeah, I guess I I tend to be extremely forgiving and so i let a lot of that stuff go because of what exactly what you're talking about it's like yeah i have i i don't know hey do i like it no of course not but i don't uh but i don't latch on to these things and Mm -hmm. think about them for a long time what about you ryan for me the he's kind of established a morality earlier uh with penelope and the fact that she's been very strong and reserved and and everything there so when you have other characters whose morality is very very different in here to me, I, I had a hard time, like, it. yes, it bothers me that like they go and they kill these women or the, like, the sirens, things like that. Anyway, that train crashed. I'm going to move off that train of thought. But basically, the, <laughs> this is fun. yes, thank you. Thank you. I, you're a great host, leaving me stranded. Um, <laughs> yeah, so moments of where morality uh, doesn't seem to be consistent across the board, I usually just kind of look at that and go, okay, must be a thing of the times and let that go. Like that's where that would be for me. Right, right. Yeah, I I am so unfamiliar with ancient Greek culture that I just decided I couldn't interpret any of that. And I okay. just took the story as I found it, uh, kept it fairly surface level when it came to characters' actions. So, um, so, so oh, sorry, so, go so ahead. I, I had a different, um, on, on, on that, I'm just like, I don't know enough to judge. On like on the violence thing, I think Homer plays it beautifully, and I think we do see enough violence in Homer that that we can we can take some judgments or we can make some guesses. And and it's like I I think he was like writing or reciting for for an audience that was clearly like some of this violence is awesome, like <laughs> this is exciting, it's fun. You, you, you know, if if you think about even the pre modern era, like your audience would have skewed young. Right. Like like probably half the people would have been under 30, if not more th- th- than that. You know, most people would have been there with a lot, lots of young people there who are like, yeah, kick ass. And like the gory. I, I mean, here's how the spear goes through the guy's teeth and like out the back of his neck. And, and he's not and he's flopping around like a fish. You know, you're like, holy, that is that is really gross <laughs> and kind of awesome. Um, and, 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 and then other times you, you've got. Um, like right after he, right after Odysseus is done killing the suitors, he he lets the women out of their apartments because he told them, "Hey, go to your apartments and, and lock the doors. Don't come out. It's gonna get ugly." They come out and they're like, "Yeah, you guys killed the suitors. That's friggin' awesome." And and he kind of goes, Odysseus goes, "It's it's not right to celebrate the 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 death of these men." You're like, "Well, wait. That seems like a really modern kind of kind of kind of approach, you mm-hmm. know, like." It's so which like, so which is it? Yeah, which is it? And and I th- I think that reflects a tension that we all feel. Like like I think Odysseus comes across like the old warrior. He's like sometimes you got to kill people, but you don't get excited about it. Whereas I think the audience gets excited about it. And so I think a skilled storyteller makes you and probably you know he's always depicted as being older. He 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 understands what works for the audience, but he also wants to show them. Yeah, there's times of violence, but then there's times to like be like, this is awful too. Mm-hmm. And so with that, he strikes a, a for me a great balance of telling this warlike story, but making it real and, and bringing some of it home. Um, sorry for the pun. That's <laughs> 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 but, but but the other things I can't judge. At all. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've probably addressed Huron fans' question pretty well at this point. Yeah. 
Uh, so let's go to, well, no, actually, we've probably done Combat Wombat's question as well. I love that name, by the way. So if you do join our Discord community, please come up with an awesome screen name, like Combat Wombat, um, who I believe is from your neck of the woods, Brent. Uh, but he asked about what we think about, or what Brent thinks about Homer's relationship between the gods and men, and whether that gives us any insight into your writing. Uh, but I think we kind of talked about a little bit about that already. So, right, right. Okay. I, 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 I mean, Gavin Guile is, um, is he is loosely uh, inspired by Odysseus. That is, that's the original inspiration for the character. Absolutely. So. I did notice you. You mentioned to somebody on Twitter a week or two ago that. Uh, they asked what Gavin Guile looks like, and you said, "Imagine Odysseus, kind of a yeah. curly mop of uh, what is it, golden hair or like reddish golden?" Yeah, yeah, hair? red gold hair or something, a co- coppery. Yeah, coppery, coppery. That's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so one assumes not oxidized. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, that brings up another Huron fan question, uh, which was anything you specifically took from the Odyssey that you used in your work or as an inspiration. Um, and so we've got Gavin Guile as loosely uh inspired by odysseus anything else that you loved from this story so much you had to use it um i Ooh, i've got one yeah uh, please please what lost at sea i'm not going to i we're not here to spoil lightbringer you know but at a certain point there is a lost at sea situation and you know Uh, yeah so i i i i think um i i don't like to I don't like to do fan interpretation for them. I don't like to say this is the thing I took from that. Yeah. But but as you can see, I I love the Odyssey, and I think I I, I wanted to do a Mediterranean culture or or the blend of a bunch of Mediterranean cultures. Um, I wanted to do um, ancient um, <clears throat> uh, some blind spots that, that that people have on things like slavery or or people in in lower classes without invoking American chattel slavery. Um, I wanted to to look at uh, different ways things were done in the ancient world. So 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 it I it's it's a big influence. It's it's there for me. Uh, yeah, and it's, I, uh, and I, it's I, there I, for other people I, to I interpret. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's helpful to know to interpret me. I guess. There you go. Okay. Yeah. You want to know Lightbringer? Go read the Odyssey, <laughs> and probably some other stuff too. Uh, okay. Have we? All right. Here's one. What modern book? contains your favorite adaptation or reinterpretation of the Odyssey? Uh, my answer to this is... Yeah, I have no idea. I, uh, that's, uh, that's beyond me. I don't know that I've ever read a modern reinterpretation of the Odyssey. Ryan, have you? No, I mean, the Odyssey is a kind of a difficult one to put a new skin on and not see it as the Odyssey or not just call it right as it is versus something like uh, Orpheus and Eurydice, where you can tell that story and change character names and people don't catch it quite as clearly. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to think of... Uh, I don't know, but there, you could do it. Like, um, like 10 Things I Hate About You is just Shakespeare in Disguise. There's lots of those, right? Yeah, but you, I mean, the thing is like you recognize those. You see that. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I wonder, Brent, do you know of any modern reinterpretations like that? Um, you know, uh, there was a guy who, who, who really hit it well and, and wrote this book called Ulysses. <laughs> um, it's clever clever I, like, I did it the first six times i read that book um but i finally got it by the end so uh, you went with modern not contemporary that's fair enough <laughs> fair enough i think you said modern and, yeah. and, and i was going to use it regardless of what you said because it was the only thing that came to mind <laughs> I, I i mean you, you've got to have a little bit of pardon me, hubris to, to, to retell the Odyssey. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, here is a cornerstone, if not the cornerstone of Western literature. Do that again. Better. Yep. Yeah. Oh, right. brother, where art thou? That's oh, the... brother, where art thou? Yeah, no, that's okay. great. I, I bet something. that's what they're going for. Um, there you go. Nicely done. George okay. Clooney. So <laughs> our, our, our modern day Odysseus, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, heaven, Only when he's in a bat suit. Heaven help us. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, wait, Odysseus wept. I think we all wept over those nipples. Okay, so thank you, Kiptan, for the question. Thank you, everybody, for the question. I, I What do you think? Should we call it there? Uh, do, do we feel like we've talked about the Odyssey? Is there any final thoughts? Any final thoughts on this? Does this podcast end in a massacre? Like, I just want to know because I'm... Well, I mean, Brent is, Brent is uh, not here in studio, so he's safe. I have no promises for you. 
If I see blood splashing on the walls there, I'm just hanging up. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, Your Honor, I saw nothing. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I think we've kind of, uh, I think we've kind of, I, I don't know that we've done it justice. No, <laughs> no, no. I think we've, uh, we, we've talked our way around it a little bit. So, yeah, I guess I would just echo kind of what I said at the beginning, which is uh, this this reminds me a lot of the Beatles. And if you feel like I, I love rock and roll, I love music. Well, you need to know the Beatles, even if it's not your favorite band. You need to understand them and know where all this stuff came from. I feel very similarly about this, um, especially now having refreshed on it and read it cover to cover. It's like, oh, my gosh, no, this is this is incredibly important if we like epic fantasy or really storytelling in general, but epic fantasy is like, is a very clear, direct, uh, you know, it, it's a very cr clear line down. I'm from... not helping you. You left me stranded earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, direct descendants of, uh, yes. yes. Anyway, so, uh, please do read it and enjoy it and take your time with it. Go let Ian McKellen put you to sleep some nights listening to the Odyssey. It's delightful. And, and you can just skip forward to book nine if if you're if if things are going rough for you. Is, wait, is that is book nine where he starts where he gets to the Phaeacians and he starts retelling his whole story? Yeah, it sounds about right. I I think that's about right. I so, didn't I didn't keep close track right. of the books. Right, <laughs> uh, all right. In the meantime, if uh, you're if you're if it's taking a little while for Amazon to ship your copy of the Odyssey to you, go buy. Uh, the Burning White, book five of the Lightbringer series. Brent, congratulations on finishing your series. It, it really is. I mean, I, I hope it's not patronizing for the guy who's never written a book to say this, but it's really quite the accomplishment. It's a great series. We've really enjoyed it, and we're, we're glad that you wrote it. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, uh, thanks for taking the time to, to do your reviews and for uh, inviting me to come uh, to sh share some time with you. I couldn't get a response. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, Siri, Siri really wanted in on the podcast. I think so. Never get away. It's 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 like the wrath of Zeus. <laughs> if you're a suitor and you think you've got away with it, it'll show up in your house. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Brent, for coming on. And uh, we may see if we have time to stick around and do something else. But that would that we'd publish that later. So. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Go to patreon.com slash legendarium to support the show. If you haven't yet done so, go to thelegendarium.reddit.com and join the conversation there or find us on Discord. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, if you need a link for that. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And uh, we will see you for probably the continuation of our Lightbringer series, podcast series coming up. So thanks for listening. See you next time. Uh, Brent, just a little bit more. Uh, say anything. Yeah, uh, last time I did a test, it didn't go so well. <laughs> we broke everything, so. <laughs> I'm feeling good now. All right. I, I think when people say break the internet, that's not what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, cool. Well, we feel like we're ready. Talk about yeah. the Odyssey. Oof, I feel so underprepared in so many ways, but yes. Yeah, well, let's let's just, you're not, as I much promise. Depth, we're, we'll have I, as much depth as there is a Cyclops in my uh, perception, yeah. so. You, you may never have listened to an episode, but if you had, you would know there is no such thing as underprepared for the Legendarium, so. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, here we go.